perfect. Oh yeah, no, I look great. I love <laughs> I love that we both have decided that you're like where our hair needs to just be pushed back. Period. It doesn't need to do anything else. It just needs something to hold it in place. That's <laughs> right. Do I have a hat? I don't think I have a hat. No, backwards hat is my thing. <laughs> oh, I wear a forwards hat. No, you can't wear I, it forwards because a... it will block. It'll block the webcam. <laughs> There's no good answer. There's no answer to this. No, you Ooh, need a he- you. You got to become a headband guy. Ooh, no, no, no! I will. But not your headband. But your headband now. needs to say like dumb inspirational messages too. So <laughs> it's just like believe. <laughs> Can I be a bandana guy? I I could be a bandana no, no, no. guy. You can't be a bandana guy, because then you look like you're either a white supremacist or in a biker group. And honestly, those are kind of the same thing. Gruff. I just, like, I want to... I just don't want to look like a fucking Will Ferrell at the beginning or as a cutaway of a Will Ferrell movie. I mean, listen, if you're cool with cultural appropriation, I guess you could do a do-rag. I'm not. Not as <laughs> good, good, good to know. <laughs> What if I did a Stetson? What if I went really hard? What if I wore like a Ooh, wore a, a fucking wore a a, a, a suede jacket and a Stetson? I just went full cowboy. Only if you got a bolo tie too. I think that pulls it together. I do it. I okay. <laughs> I think, okay. I think I just need to go way more cowboy than I've been doing. <laughs> My idea was going to be a backwards visor. A backwards visor is insane. <laughs> what a concept. <laughs> Oh shit! All right, let's get to the show. <laughs> Absolutely, I hope you hit record though, because that's a. Uh... I did, I did. This is this is all all the hat bit is in there. <laughs> Excellent. Five. Got to protect bits like. That. Hello and welcome to Sketch in Review. Uh, the it comes out when we're not busy. <laughs> it comes out. <laughs> Listen. I don't know what you're talking about, Billy. We worked really hard on this three-part finale. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, yeah. The three-part <laughs> finale. We take the last three episodes. Uh, we're going to do them one day after the other and release them to you about a week and a half late from when the last season finale entered. Um, <laughs> from when the season That's... finale ended. And then we're probably going to take like about a month off, and then we'll come back with the superlatives episode. <laughs> That's right. And this is the way we're going to do it every season. And we're not in court, so legally we can lie to you. <laughs> it's true. Nobody here has taken an oath. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's start out. Uh, we've got our cold open. Uh, and for uh, those of you wondering, this is uh, the Benedict Cumberbatch episode, in case you can't read the episode title that you clicked on. <laughs> Uh, and for people watching... Uh, there's no proof that I won't be writing Pendleton Cumberbund as the, uh, as listen, the name in the That's fair. Uh, and for those of you watching the YouTube video, you can find us at youtube.com forward slash sketch and review. Uh, you may notice that I am in a different room than normal. Uh, I have moved apartments, which is why we're coming out uh, so late with these. And by that, I mean we had a plan for this, totally. <laughs> we did have a plan, but then I was also busy. Mm-hmm. It was great. Anyway, here we are, watching SNL. Yep. So let's start with the cold open. Uh, so for people who don't remember what was happening when Benedict Cumberbatch hosted SNL, uh, the leaked opinion of the Supreme Court uh, decision to overturn Roe v. Wade 
uh, leaked. Like, that Thursday, I think. <laughs> like, wildly close. <laughs> so, they had two days to write this full cold open. And I think they kind of nailed it on the head. Yeah, no, they, they showed up. It's good because, like, we had way too many news segments. And then it's a fun period piece making fun of the absolute antiquated laws that uh, we've uh, decided to defend. It's it's great. The the bit it it's it's it solidly communicates what it's trying to communicate and it tells some fun jokes. There's some poop jokes in there and they're fun poop jokes. Good time. Also, the host is in the cold open, which is always kind of fun. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Now, you don't get that enough. No, you don't. Uh, yeah, listen, there's not much that, like, two white dudes are gonna say about, <laughs> about this. We're both firmly pro-choice unless Connor wants to take a quick heel turn. Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> we're always, we're only waiting for my villain arc to start, but no. <laughs> not here either. Uh, one day I'll get you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, I think my favorite part, though, was, uh was when they said, well, we have to make sure that we punish her because she'll be so happy about her crime. <laughs> and uh, then they talk about, oh, what if we put her in bed with a donkey? <laughs> and then Benedict Cumberbatch has this whole fucking bit about how the half donkey, if it's a dude, could become king. <laughs> well, the thing is, the she'd problem. need to keep the baby because it would be illegal to do an abortion. Mm-hmm. And then, if the baby, uh, the baby, since the, if the baby's a man, the baby could then be king. Uh, I mm-hmm. thought there was a step two, but yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> uh, very good bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will move into the monologue. Uh, the monologue started pretty, pretty hot, <laughs> pretty heated, with just a solid, solid Will Smith joke. Yeah, yeah. It, it comes it, it comes out of there it's this entire thing is like very british in its humor because he goes because it's just everything Benedict Cumberbatch says is at the same tone but you're supposed to understand where the sarcasm is supposed to be put well he also looks and sounds like Hugh Laurie he's a very mm. Hugh Laurie person that's fair that, he... maybe that's rude maybe maybe it's just because he's british and, and tall lanky. and a little awkward and can do an American accent. <laughs> it could, yeah, it can do a pretty good American accent. Uh, but he's just Hugh Laurie. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Listen, I'm not if, taking it back. If like Benedict Cumberbatch and oh fuck, uh, who's the British uh, comedian on all the panel shows? He's oh, James A. Caster. James oh, A. James A. Caster. If Benedict Cumberbatch and James A. Caster remade a bit of Fry and Laurie, but with them, I would be very pleased. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh. Though A. Caster is so much his own thing. He is not. He is not Stephen. Well, so Fry. I mean, listen, Stephen Fry is also very much his own thing. That's true. I would get uh, uh, what's his name, Dara uh, O'Brien, because he also hosts. Ooh, that's a good one too. David Mitchell's got a. He's not Stephen Fry, but he's got a. He's got a. He he could do it at Fry like angle, with some of the cynicism. He's the one who was on Peep Show, right? Yes. He was the shorter one on Peep Show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, there was a solid Will Smith joke right at the beginning. Uh, 
you know, and then it managed to move into, like, the sappy Mother's Day stuff that mm. SNL's always known for, while also, like, still at least having a few jokes thrown in there. Yeah. No, it's I, a, a yeah. I've never hated the monologues. Uh, it was another good monologue, but it's good. <laughs> yeah, it was a fine monologue. Listen, better than, like, half of them. This is the interesting thing about this episode. It is a very strong episode, so the things that we're going to have to say about anything other than really enjoying a sketch is going to be much fewer and farther between. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. Uh, yeah. So so we move into the first sketch, uh, the Word Girl sketch, as, as I like to call it. This is actually a sequel sketch. Last, yeah. last season around Christmas, they had basically the same setup where A.D. Bryant gets a bunch of signs, and all the signs are about how much she drinks. <laughs> where, like, it's... you know, like, it's wine o'clock. <laughs> Don't talk to me till I've had my wine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good one. It's oh, uh... it's the gift that keeps on giving. This one is just all about how she's a mom and old now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> It starts with two regular, uh, regular like so. The the sketch is just that it's Mother's Day. She's getting a bunch of gifts, and uh, every single person got her one of those uh, uh, wooden signs that you hang up in your house that has a cute little saying on it. And uh, the first two are regular, and pretty much right out the gate, the rest of them are just rancid and horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> and it's... And she just needs to sit there and read them and be horrified, and everyone else is just like, "Oh, what a great gift!" It it works. It like I don't. It's it's such a simple conceit, and it's always funny. Though I will say the uh, punchline is that uh, she gets another seemingly normal one, and then there is a flip down portion that says, uh, "Also, we think Dad has a secret family." which is a pretty quality punchline, but uh, a little bit of power is taken away from it because earlier on um, they did a bigger flip-down bit mm -hmm. where there was a sign that had three or four different flip-downs that made it progressively worse. But, uh, you know, the water's wet. SNL doesn't know how to do escalation. It, overall, <laughs> it was pretty good. Uh, another, another solid standout was uh, the one where she gets one and it's like, I only drink in days that end in Y and hours that have numbers in them. <laughs> I don't drink that much. Oh, take this sign. You do. <laughs> oh, yes! It's just... <laughs> oh, amazing. Uh. All right, so uh, after that one, we get uh, the Blue Bunny sketch. Uh, so pretty solid, pretty standard uh, sketch setup. You have uh, Mikey Day and Ego. Uh, as product, as, like, marketing people running a product test for Blue Bunny ice cream, you have Heidi Gardner, Keenan Thompson, Melissa Villasenor, and Benedict Cumberbatch as the testers. And all it is is just Benedict Cumberbatch and Heidi Gardner doing dueling cowboys. <laughs> Each, both of them just get, like, both of them get, like, three or four long monologues of, with, like, sappy cowboy music behind it about, like, remember the time that you would play in the grass and the field would be, like, the wet dew of the morning, but it was the <laughs> afternoon, so you didn't quite know why it was wet. This tastes like that. 
<laughs> and it goes deeper and deeper, and they get sadder and sadder about like this one time that you meet an old widower whose family had died, <laughs> and he feels bad for you, and he got you some ice cream, and it's just vanilla because he hasn't done anything <laughs> fancy since the kids died. <laughs> I mean, it this is one tish, like a grieving widower. <laughs> <laughs> it's it is. It's my kind of sketch. It's just, it's just fucking weird. I do have it's, to, I do yeah. have to say, I've never seen a Star Is Born, but this is kind of what I assume <laughs> a Star Is Born is like for ninety minutes. <laughs> <laughs> ninety is it ninety minutes? Because it feels like one of those two and a half hour movies. I yeah, listen, I have no idea. <laughs> As Pete Davidson says, I just want a short ass movie. <laughs> Pete Davidson, famous creator of uh, uh, the King of Staten Island. <laughs> How long was your movie again? No, listen, we had to we had to say a lot. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, again, I think my favorite is when Heidi just goes, "Let me nap with your hurt." Let me nap with your hurt. I think that's one special thing that uh, happened at least one other time in this season where they just like, uh, it was the king of uh, the the mayor of Game Town where they just like came up with a really funny phrase and then they demanded on saying it a bunch of times. And that is, you'd be shocked how close to comedy that is. That's basically just all of comedy. That's, that's literally steps one and two and then step three is how do we get there? That's right. Comedy, comedy by attrition is underrated, I guess is what I'm Listen, saying. South Park has done comedy by attrition a ma- many times. It's true. It's how, you, it's how you get the Tom Cruise won't come out of the closet episode. <laughs> because they're like, well, we want to say he's gay. And the lawyer's like, well, he can't. Well, you can't. They're like, all right, can we say he's in the closet? They're like, no. What if he's actually in a closet? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. This is... Such a good uh, sketch. Primo the sketch. night full of so many good sketches. I will say also the wildest part about this is that like Benedict Cumberbatch in like the eight sketches does eight completely different accents. <laughs> yes. No, the Benedict Cumberbatch is uh is apparently a very good actor. He is a we dependable have... Cumberbatch. He is it? so next up we get we get the just like you sketch. Which is uh, a pre-tape in which uh, Chloe Feynman is playing a teenage daughter. Cecily Strong is her mom, and her mom's yelling at her about coming home drunk at seventeen. Uh, and then the entire joke of it is just, "No, I was a good kid," and then it cuts back, and she was not a good kid. <laughs> she was doing wild and crazy things too, but she doesn't want her kid to end up uh, uh, just in trouble, so she acts like it's. Hey, it works. It's fun. Yeah. It's nice. And I I I'm so glad that they have like cute sketches like this because it it gets so fucking tiring just hearing like cynical bullshit every time rug pulls at the <laughs> last second every and sometimes you just you just want a nice a nice sketch mm-hmm. about a, a girl and her mom. Listen, this is this is comedy that's been done before, but there's a reason that it's been done so many times, because it's just a, it's like a deep well. Yeah goes crazy for the like you know it, it's it's mother's day and we did we did a bunch of we did some fun things making fun of mothers and then we did a uh, a uh, more cute thing making fun of mothers to even things out it just pacing wise it makes perfect sense and mm-hmm. it wasn't the funniest sketch 
I'm talking like it was actually not funny. It was very funny. It's just like... It's a lot of visual humor, and it's hard to explain visual humor. It's true. It also uh, wasn't as laugh out loud as uh, uh, as the Christmas sketches where, like, uh, the kids are destroying the house. And uh, I guess, yeah, juxtaposing kids destroying the house with talking about how wonderful your kids are uh, has a lot more punch than... Uh, uh, but then again, I'm not a mom, so what do I fucking know? Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> this is definitely one of those sketches that gets sent to, like, every mom who's at least heard of SNL. And they show yeah. it to every other mom that they know. Yeah. The same thing. The same thing happened with uh, Kristen Wiig hosted an episode where she did. It was right before Christmas, and it was the sketch was just that like all these kids got a bunch of presents, and the mom got a new bathrobe. <laughs> and it, and it's like the kids like I got a, I got a T Rex, I got a Lego, I got this, and I got this robe. And then it's like another verse, and I got this robe. And I shit you not on Christmas. I heard my mom, who I had not shown this sketch to, playing that sketch in the other room for all the other moms. Oh. <laughs> I will uh. say that the one thing I find weird about this, and maybe it's just because I have older parents, it's weird that the grandma is at a David Bowie concert to me. Yeah. No, yes. Also that. I was like, uh, that's my parents as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, my, we my grandparents were. I would say my grandparents were World War II brats, but no, my grandparents were in World War II. Yeah, yeah, my <laughs> my grandparents were born during the Great Depression. <laughs> wild shit, absolutely wild shit. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, so next up, after that, we get uh, the prison chain gang sketch. Oh. <laughs> When you, when, when it starts with, like, a bunch of people, like, I love it when SNL does stylized shit. I love it so much. It's so good. Everybody just starts singing and hitting a rock, and you get two normal ones, and then you're just ready for what the third one's gonna be. It's, it's a, a simple joke well told, told, always happy to have it. Like, it's, <laughs> so the oh. shtick is that they're in a chain gang, they're singing, like, a, a multi-part chain gang song. Everybody gets a verse. Uh, uh, whoever the first person is opens and sings there. Oh, band. come on. You know exactly who the first person is. I thought Chris Red was second. No, Chris Red was first because he needs oh. to set the tempo for everyone else because no one else has as good musical talent. Fair. <laughs> 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 oh, love Chris Red. Uh, it goes uh, him. I forget who the second person is. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, because it might be, like, Dismukes or something, but it's probably not. Oh, no, no. Dismukes was one of the guards, I think. No, 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 no. So it's so it's Alex Moffat as the warden, which, by the way, he plays a perfect fucking warden. If yeah, there's because ever, he looks like a prick. Yeah. If there's ever, like a prick. If there's ever, like, a Cool Hand Luke remake, I want <laughs> Alex Moffat to play the warden. <laughs> I believe it. Uh, Mikey Day is his, like, stooge. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, fucking what's his face? Kyle Mooney is the escaped prisoner. Yes. Keenan Keenan is in the chain gang. Chris Red is in the chain gang. Whoever sings the second verse is in the chain gang, and then Benedict <laughs> Cumberbatch comes in with the third verse, in which he tells, in which he thinks that he's snitching to the warden, and so he gets preferential treatment. 
And then they're like, wait, are you snitching to the warden? He goes, no, 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 it's part of the song. Come on, guys, we're singing a song here. What I say in my art is not the That doesn't mean I mean it. Oh, and then, so we get through. We get through uh, the first verse in which he says that he snitches. He's snitching to the warden. Uh, the second verse in which he says he gets a free cherry pie every time he snitches, as he's like eating a cherry pie. That's right. And then the warden's wife comes on, <laughs> and fucking and starts like flirting with him hardcore. Which, by the way, very jealous of Heidi Gardner that she just gets to like manhandle Benedict Cumberbatch twice. <laughs> Uh, and then he gets to think about how he's boning the warden's wife and he watches in the closet (laughs) (laughs) I think that's another great part about Alex Moffat is how easily he's able to be like I have a small penis and can't satisfy my wife with a perfectly straight face (laughs) (laughs) I do I love the fact that uh, (laughs) that he's like and I just like to see her happy. Like, he's just this, he's like this shithead character, but, you know, he's, he's, he cares about his wife. Listen, he's, better, do, uh, he's better than Curly and of Mice and Men. That's true. That is true. He didn't give a shit about his wife. <laughs> I just, like, I just, the ending is so weird. Because <laughs> that is the ending. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody just cheers for the guy. And then it's oh, like he's still he's still snitching everyone, and I guess no one can do anything. So points for realism, but like there's no payoff. <laughs> <laughs> it just ends. Yeah, weird. Still uh, a good sketch though. Yeah, listen, I I had a lot of fun with it. I'm I'm a sucker for musical sketches though. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, next, up, next up is uh, Arcade Fire's first song. It was fine. It was a song. Yeah. I, I, You said you are not an Arcade Fire fan, and I have heard no Arcade Fire, but you also said you weren't a Lumineers fan, and I do like the Lumineers. And that song that you said sounded like a Lumineers song, I liked. Yeah, listen, listen. Yeah, I'm not a Lumineers fan, so I didn't like the song that sounded like the Lumineers. Uh, also, it's kind of unfortunate that both songs that like we heard the full version of, we said, "Oh, this is like," and then we named <laughs> someone more famous. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, like they're fine. I'm I'm not gonna go seek them out on tour. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, no complaints. They got a lot of people in their band. Yeah, they're they look like a dad band and they're dressed like a dad band. Um, or at least mean? maybe it could be a. They're dressed. They're dressed like they're dressed like they're all high school band nerds who haven't figured out that you can wear whatever you want to your concerts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we'll move on to weekend update. <laughs> Weekend Update started hard and didn't let off the gas for one second. Oh, yeah, no, it's it was a great Weekend Update, but it always is. Oh. Colin Joe starting off with a heater of a joke, just fucking happy Mother's Day whether you wanted to or not. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Oh. 
It always strikes a perfect tone with those dark jokes because they are always very clearly gunning for the problem, but still tell it in a uh, 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 <laughs> radical way, I guess. In a way that will make almost everyone laugh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Almost everyone except people that... Uh, that, uh, uh, that can't separate a joke from actual political commentary. <laughs> Well, no, more just like the fact that the people that are like, uh, well, I don't know, I actually liked the... Uh, exactly, the they can't tell a joke from actual political commentary. Well, it is political commentary. Ah, but it's a joke, too. Well, yeah. Listen, listen, I'm big, I'm big on both sides that, like, learn to recognize a joke and shut up. <laughs> just shut the fuck up. <laughs> but anyway, what was next? Uh, Che came in with a heater or two also... Uh, and then our weekend update segment was just uh, Kate McKinnon as Amy Coney Barrett uh, and her just do the nine bit. <laughs> just yeah, do, your do nine. the nine. What, what does that mean? Your nine months of pregnancy. Oh. Come on. <laughs> I didn't get it. Just do your nine, plop it, put it in a, put it in a basket, send it put down it. the river. Moses it. <laughs> put it in a mailbox. <laughs> that was my favorite oh. one was abortion is murder but if you have a baby put it in a bag stuff it in a mailbox that's okay <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh. next up is uh the Lansdowne house Lansdowne house the fainting one ah uh, oh I mean, if they, if you ever wanted British comedy, <laughs> this is this is uh, a parody of Downton Abbey on on a BBC television show to a T. Yeah, <laughs> it is just it is just Downton Abbey, but instead of something serious happening, it's about fainting and spilling shit on your butler. Yes, as as it should have been from the start. <laughs> uh. It's just, it is, it is a very, another very simple sketch. A lot of simple sketches tonight, which is good, because that's what SNL's good at. Yeah, listen, sometimes, sometimes shit just works. This is a fish in the blender sketch, and it's great. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is, the joke is, this guy's got a lot of, uh, this guy's, I, like, this guy's got a lot of upsetting things to say to his family, but they do a good job because they don't try to layer it by his things getting progressively more terrifying. He's just saying, like, Things that you would need to say to your family in the time. So he's like, I'm going off to World War One, And then his his sister uh, uh, goes to faint on the fainting couch. And then misses and knocks over a bunch of glasses. And then if this is true, what else is true? She goes, uh, she tells her something else. And then she goes to faint. And then instead of going, instead of fainting on the couch, she falls and knocks over a table. And then the next time she wa she purposefully runs across all of the the <laughs> uh, shelves of expensive things and knocks them off. And then she gets over her fainting spell. And then uh, Benedict Cumberpatch, uh, in celebration, <laughs> tries to get some hot soup. And then uh, he has a fainting spell and knocks over the hot soup. They even do a fun little thing where uh, uh, it looks like he's gonna fall in the soup, but then he fakes him out and knocks the soup into the butler's face. All very funny. 
all physical comedy that is hard to communicate, but just it's a it's a fun physical comedy sketch, and we don't get enough of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we get the sit on the toilet sketch. Ah, uh, oh. Uh, that's it's, it's it's literally like a minute long and it's just the weirdest toilet ad i've ever seen but i love oh, it so <laughs> i would good. love i would love a recliner toilet personally <laughs> <laughs> i think i would i it would it would be very scary for me but like <laughs> once i got into it <laughs> but I, it's think just, the, I think the hardest part would be learning how to shit sitting up again yeah. <laughs> i'd just be like always always in recline mode so (laughs) (laughs) it it also reads like a fucking old school apple commercial yeah where you've got where you've got fucking just like basically 1984 playing and then one guy just comes in and revolutionizes the game (laughs) i was getting like 90s kids like 90s early 2000s kids commercial like for like gushers or some shit that too which is also just a rip on yeah uh so that was that was solid uh and then (laughs) then we get the chuck e cheese sketch I know that this one gets points for Connor because it mentions Chucky's full name, Charles Entertainment Cheese. <laughs> As something of which we should all be aware and respectful of. <laughs> Charles Entertainment. Listen, the entire gimmick of this is what if David Byrne and the Talking Heads did a Chucky <laughs> Cheese show? <laughs> Uh, and it's just the most British fucking shit I've ever seen as far as, like, synth bands goes. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's a very, it's, it's a very standard, this kind of sketch where, like, there's a, there's a family, and they're watching a weird band, and they're not quite into it, and, uh, they're just talking about why the band is weird. And then they're slowly getting into it, and all, <laughs> and sometimes they... <laughs> They uh, point towards other people that are, like, really into it. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't think this band is meant... I don't think this... Is this band meant for kids? I think it's meant for him. <laughs> and then it shows Alex Moffat fucking dancing to himself. Oh. <laughs> uh. Benedict Cumberbatch hit some high fucking notes for that. He has a oh, very yeah. good singing voice for specifically British synth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It's just, I, it's, a, it's a night of fun sketches. Hard to find notes. Mm-hmm. You just love it when a good sketch comes together. <laughs> uh, Arcade Fire numero dos, i.e., what if Arcade Fire was Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> they were. They Listen, were. if you're an Arcade Fire fan, email us at billyhatemail at gmail.com <laughs> and tell us why we're wrong about Arcade Fire. We'll read it on air and decide and argue for our point against you without you being here to defend yourself from your points so that we can straw man you and make ourselves look better. <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll probably immediately concede. I don't uh, I don't care enough about my current opinion on Arcade Fire. To, uh, <laughs> you write in about Arcade Fire and I will uh, I will I will take your I will side fold like you. a table immediately. Immediately. <laughs> You've never, see, you've never seen a backbone so flimsy. 
I will jump ship like that for you. I will I jump will, ship I, like it's the Titanic. I will fight like a rabid fucking dog for your band. All you have to do is write in to billyhatemail at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my goddamn research for you. <laughs> oh. Anyway, uh, I also would like to point out that uh, the woman who was on the accordion in the first song and the keyboard on the second song should just, like, throw the rest of the band through a barbershop window and start her <laughs> solo career as just, like, her... Because she's dope. Her scream was the best part of that song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, though I don't know why they kept muting the accordions. Maybe I just don't know anything about music, but I didn't hear much accordion in that song. I just heard some dude playing three chords on a guitar a bunch of times which had 12 strings the 12 string three chords though <laughs> funny That's thing about right. those 12 string guitars they can only play three chords <laughs> uh we get to the 10 minutes to one sketch which is uh the understudy ah uh, very good this very, one very good. i'm i'm so glad that snl has reached a point that it is such like an institution that the backdrop of sketches can just be, I work at SNL and this is my job. And yes. it's just ridiculousness. <laughs> I understand that fucking, like, uh, Please Don't Destroy have been doing this for all their sketches. But there's something very fun about the idea of, like, no, I'm actor on the show and my job is completely <laughs> yeah. other part of this company that exists. <laughs> it's so good. And then also we had the uh, the season we had the uh, 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 Kyle Mooney's trying to murder. Uh... Yeah, listen, we had a lot. We had Kyle Mooney's trying to murder. I, I'm I, I probably say this every time we have like an. Oh no, Dismukes is trying to murder Kyle Mooney. No, Kyle Mooney's trying to murder Mikey Day. Oh, thank you. Yes. Which, granted, having seen Is It Cake, I kind of don't blame him. <laughs> yeah, no, I think he was sent back in time from a future where Is It Cake was made, <laughs> trying to stop it. Uh. <laughs> We also we also had uh, invent inventing uh, Chloe the inventing Anna spoof that uh, takes place yes. in SNL and like Lauren says I do update now. <laughs> <laughs> I just I love the there's something so fun and I have the same thing with wrestling specifically in which it's so fun to see people be like this is me and I work here this is my job this is my nine <laughs> to five. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, but also Chloe Feynman. Nailed almost every impression she did. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, very, very good. <laughs> I think it's funny that the only one she fucked up was Heidi Gardner. <laughs> That's right. Weakest one so far, but I respect it. <laughs> but I'm okay with it. <laughs> but I'm okay with it. Uh. I love that she just put on a Kansas City Chiefs hat. <laughs> it's those, I, follow, I follow Heidi on Instagram, and, like, half of her shit during the fucking, during the football season is just her in Chiefs gear. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. And also the fact that Sarah Sherman's like, wait, do I just sound like a Jewish parrot? Everyone's <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then final, and uh. then the fucking last beat of it where Punky Johnson comes on is Chloe Feynman. <laughs> Amazing. Oh. Oh. So it's a great many, way to end up the night. So many. I don't think there was a bad. I think the weakest like sketch in this entire night might even be like Lansdowne House or Sit on the Toilet, and those are still 
like they'd be stellar sketches for like what Jake Gyllenhaal fucking hosted. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, and then we get like half, and then we got like half of Arcade Fire's third song that they played for the audience. I wasn't really paying attention at that point. I'll be I, honest. It was some sort of like a goodbye song. It was like yeah. Like, oh, maybe uh, they played that at the end of their concerts or something. How long? All right. So getting into it, we've got. Offensive Player of the Week. Offensive Player of the Week is generally someone who's going to be the weird person in sketches. They're leading the sketches, making sure that the plot moves forward, and are generally the main focus of the sketch. They're doing the fun. Yeah. Uh, so this week, my Offensive Player of the Week is going to be Benedict Cumberbatch. I think it's leaps and he's leaps and bounds. The host has a much easier time being Offensive Player of the Week because generally the show is about showcasing that person. However, he goes leaps and bounds above what a normal host does. He does a different accent in almost every sketch. He's in the cold open. The only thing he didn't do was Weekend Update. Yeah. No, he did. It's hard not to agree with you on this. He he did a spectacular job. He threw his back into it. And he was in every sketch. And he was generally the, uh, the best part of that sketch. Uh, I'm not going to give it to him. Uh, not because he is uh, he didn't do a spectacular job. Mostly just because uh, because of how well Chloe Feynman did in that last sketch. And she's new, right? She's she's featured or is she not? She is she is uh, not featured as of this season. I see. So she's still but she's still new to the thing to the third year. The, she's a third year. Yeah. So I'm I I I think that, you know, she should get a uh, she should get a recognition for showing up quite as hard as she did in that one sketch. Uh and uh, I'm going to do that here. Uh, and also because I feel perfectly all right. Also putting uh, 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 Pendleton Cumberbund in uh, the uh, uh, defensive player because he was in every sketch and he he helped as much as he pulled. Like he was he was just he he wasn't necessarily the driving force of the sketch where everybody's falling all over the soup. He was just setting up the whole scene. He, he can, he can defend a scene as well as he can run it. And, uh, he, or I guess, you know, uh, the, he, he did a very good job overall. So I'd give him the defensive player on my end, just to defensive, get uh, defensive it. player of the week is generally, uh, someone who takes uh, a secondary role in scenes, they will be uh, the straight man in it, generally calling out the weird, and generally it's the audience's eyes into the sketch via perspective. Uh, they make they make good scenes great, they make bad scenes to- good, and they make terrible scenes tolerable. That's yes. generally what a defensive player will do. I agree with your sentiments on Benedict Cumberbatch. I don't think anyone else had too like purely strong of a showing at any one point to stand out as a defensive player. This this episode was the Benedict Cumberbatch show, and that's it fine. Was. That's fine. If every SNL host made it the them show and they fucking knocked it out of the park like he did, then like SNL would never not be funny. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so yeah, so Benedict Cumberbatch wins offensive defensive for me this week. Chloe's offensive for Connor, and Benedict is defensive for Connor. Now we'll move on to Sketch of the Night. This is just your favorite sketch. This is just our favorite sketch uh, from the episode. This is a tough one. I 
going going through it again, I've got like so I got like three that I would say. Uh Blue Bunny, I love just it's such like well executed from the beginning to the end. It's so there's something to it where just every time I see it, it makes me fucking giggle. That, like, I really like. Uh, but also, I fucking loved Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> fair. Very fair. And I have I have a big thing about, I like my sketch of the night to be a live sketch because it is Saturday Night Live. So the understudy, if, if, I, if I truly included pre-tapes as, like, consideration, which I do when it's a terrible fucking night, uh, I would also put the understudy into this category of what I'm debating on. But because it is a pre-tape, because we have good live sketches, it's taking a back seat on this one. Um, I listen. As I'm saying it, my heart is going blue bunny, so it has to be blue bunny. There's something about just like we just deep southern voice talking about talking about dust bowl era memories that just makes my fucking funny bone fucking activate. I'm just like, oh, this is peak comedy. <laughs> I'm also stuck. Uh, I I am in love with the uh, stupid, stumbling, uh, uh, fainting gag. <laughs> I think it's the funniest shit ever. Um, that toilet uh, pre-tape was just like, they hit the nail on the head with like what this kind of stupid, insane commercial would look like. It's like, <laughs> it's like a kid's commercial for like this product for adults. And it's and it's weird and it's it's over the top. It just I love that, uh, but yeah, nothing fills me with joy quite like Blue Bunny. <laughs> Blue Bunny was, I you just there's something about you just you you set this and and SNL tries to do this all the time, but it's very very few times where like you it sets up a very mundane situation. And it's probably just the fact that the strength of a cowboy throwing a cowboy into anything. Two cowboys. Just, this is this. I literally the first thing I wrote for the sketch is just dueling cowboys. <laughs> it's so good, but like you just get this normalized situation, and then you're like, oh, also there's a cowboy, and then you're like, oh no, and then they're like, yeah, but there's another cowboy, and you're like, oh lord, <laughs> and then you need to ugh, and the eh, very very fun, and then. Everything about it's just very fun. I, I agree. It's such a good sketch. Alright. So that was uh, Ben to Cumberbatch's episode of SNL. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with uh, Selena Gomez and Post Malone. Uh, until then, support local comedy and have a wonderful day. Bye.